0: Hello and welcome once again to One of Us is Always Right. My name is Adam. And my name is McLean. And this is the show where we talk movies, TV shows, media, and one of us will always be right during the discussion. And the fun thing is you get to choose. Um, As usual, we're gonna get started with our Get Excited segment, where we're gonna talk about some upcoming um, trailer releases for some movies that'll be coming up or TV shows coming out soon. Um, We will move from that into McLean's reaction to my recommendation last week, which was Tom and Jerry from 2021, which I'm super excited to hear about and then we'll turn the tables and will recommend two movies or tv shows to me and i have no idea what they are i'm super uh scared excited i always get in this moment a little uh owen wilson from armageddon 98 percent scared two percent excited or vice versa you know you just i just don't know sometimes uh then we're gonna move into our blast from the past this year we or this week we chose the year 1974 which was actually a pretty kind of um Good year overall. I think there's a really great stuff that came out of it. Yeah, there's some. But really I don't know if stuff. it was like just solid throughout the whole year.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it is. It is part of like I, I know some of the great older movies, but right. it was a little bit hard uh, looking at some of these titles and and some of them we'll, we'll get into. I yeah, I have kind of missed throughout the years but yeah uh some some of my favorite movies in this year too
0: absolutely yeah one of my all-time favorite movies is in this year and we'll talk about that but it's just uh it was a funky year so there we go but as always we're gonna get started with get excited uh and McLean's gonna lead us off McLean, what are you excited for
1: i am super excited for this movie i i think you are too uh but ridley scott is back directing joaquin phoenix again and this time it's for the movie napoleon so uh, if you don't remember, these two teamed up for a fantastic movie that I believe won s- several Academy Awards, uh, which was Gladiator, uh, which spawned a whole bunch of Swords and Sandals movies that did not live up to the um, sort of narrative storytelling that that Gladiator did. Uh, but, uh, but I mean, I really love a great uh, biopic. Um, I don't think this one's going to be very historically accurate. Uh, Ridley Scott movies don't necessarily do that kind of thing they're more in in favor of the service to the the story, which I actually kind of appreciate like if, if I wanted just a regular biopic about Napoleon I could watch the History Channel. there's lots of information right. about him. Yeah I want to watch a really great narrative about a guy who you know has to sort of find his way, through the social classes and makes his way you know takes takes down the royalty but then appoints himself emperor so um i think it's gonna be really interesting i like joaquin phoenix a lot he's a fantastic actor and uh i think if ridley scott has a good script he is an amazing director and i have i have some faith that because i mean joaquin phoenix is pretty good at picking scripts so uh i'm hopeful and optimistic that this will be You know, another Last Duel or another The Martian where it's a a really solid script and he can come in and do his do his thing and tell a great story.
0: Yeah, Um, I I too love Walking Phoenix. Um, There's a couple of his performances that I haven't seen, not because of him, but just because of the source material. I don't like I won't see Joker. Yeah, um, just because. We've I, talked about this off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, I don't like elevating bad guys and mm-hmm. you know, getting close to perceiving them as somehow justified. One of my big complaints about Thanos in the MCU, we yeah. tried to, they tried to provide sympathy for him like he was trying to do this great thing. No. In the comics, he's trying to get a woman by killing as many people as he can like, yeah, that's a, bit a bad different guy. Narrative nar- arc yeah. In the and list. so, um, I, I struggle with this kind of gray area that people always want to live in, but yeah, I mean, Ridley Scott, I think is, um, just, uh, he's done a lot of, a lot of films, but yeah. a lot of great ones. Um, you know, so I'm hoping that this ends it, you know, gets close to like a uh, gladiator or, um, blade runner. Um, yeah even Blackhawk down, like if it sits in there, I'll be real happy, but I'm very excited. Um, I, when I watched the trailer, the first thing I thought of was Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And the reason was because walking Phoenix isn't exactly, um, he's not a tall dude, but he's certainly not short. And well, the,
1: the, there is a little bit of a historical accuracy with, how short napoleon was right Just because back then people were shorter on average yeah yeah, yeah. So yeah. The, there's a whole thing about like a napoleon complex and him being super short he's not he wasn't actually for the that time that short so i think it's good that he's not being played
0: um by i mean peter dinklage is a fantastic actor but i don't know oh, yeah no, that would that would have been a far that, that far yeah yeah no no what i'm saying is the effects the way he looked the way, yeah. the way he looked, the way they filmed him. So like, you know, they didn't shrink Elijah Wood and grow yeah. um, Ian McCullum. They, they just stood him further apart and used depth the field to get this, you know, get the, the effects they wanted. Um, sure. But in the trailer, he looks like a, a person of modern day would envision Napoleon. Sure. Um, and I was really impressed with how that looked. And um, so, yeah, I'm very excited about this as well. Um, I was actually going to say it next week. So thanks for making me work a little harder. <laughs> yeah,
1: I I knew this is one that that you were you'd probably want to talk about as well. So I wanted to grab it early this yeah. week.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's fair. Um, but
1: no, I I think it looks really cool. Um, I also really like the the supporting cast looks really great, especially Vanessa Kirby. Um, we're gonna see her in a Mission Impossible movie pretty soon. So that'll be kind of fun to see this. So this is coming out to theaters uh, at the end of the year, uh, November twenty second.
0: Yeah. So, one of the, one of the first in that been kind been of Christmas sure. season run yeah um awesome cool so napoleon for you uh i'm going to start with a trailer i just watched yesterday and i watched it on instagram which is never the best place to watch a trailer but because you can't go full screen and all that kind of stuff but i watched this and was just intrigued from the get-go and um it left me quite confused and um I kind of like that kind of exciting i think the trailer was really 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 well done and by the time you hear this this will have been released already um so sorry about that but i just can't help myself because we are for better or worse big nick cage fans yeah and he's got a movie coming out called sympathy for the devil and this is the first time i've seen a trailer for it i had no idea this was coming but it's being released in theaters july 28th 2023 and here's the movie info synopsis this is uh, off of rotten tomatoes after being forced to drive a mysterious passenger at gunpoint, a man finds himself in a high stakes game of cat and mouse, where it becomes clear that not everything is as it seems. That's all we get. Um, this stars Nick Cage. Um, his character name is The Passenger. Um, it also stars Joel Kinnaman, who I am a big fan of. Yeah, I was going to um, say this.
1: That's actually the thing about this that gets me even more excited. Yeah, 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 he looks yeah. really
0: cool in this. Yeah. Um,
1: If you Mm -hmm. only know him from Suicide Squad and maybe the Suicide Squad, Mm -hmm. you should go watch more Joel Kinnaman stuff because he's a really great actor and really great at action, too. Mm -hmm. He does um, a series, I think they did it for Amazon, called Hannah, uh, where he plays a father-ish character um, and is just like a special forces operator. And he is great, 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 great in that. Um,
0: yeah, big yeah, Joel Kidman fans. Um, he, uh, uh, was in, uh, the darkest hour as well, which, you know, I liked he was in safe house. Um, oh, yeah, safe which house was a too. lot of fun. Um, oh, and, uh, of course, uh, RoboCop he's in the remake of RoboCop, which, uh, for better or worse, I'm not sure we needed a RoboCop remake. Um, but that's a remake that actually did well. in in my opinion, as far as it goes. So, um, he's just a lot of fun. He does a great job. Um, but yeah, so he's in sympathy for the devil and him and Nick cage from the trailer, it looks like they're carrying 90% of this movie. So I'm really, really excited to, um, see their interaction because Nick cage can go very serious. Although sometimes it can come across as cheesy. Mm -hmm. Um, but this is from the trailer. It just looks like a, um, like a hijacking, um the title is sympathy for the devil is he the real like the trailer leaves you wondering is he the real devil like is that what we're dealing with here or is he just a bad dude um yeah. so uh it's it's i think it looks good um i'm really excited to see this and yeah i think it'll be a lot of fun anyway it comes out july 28th 2023 which is this year um and it's only an hour and a half so a real quick movie yeah which makes um, me think it's gonna be like high tension a lot of it
1: so we we might talk about this. Uh, later but i've been watching a lot of brooklyn nine nine lately yeah um it's just one of those shows that i kind of missed when it was out but now that it's finished i'm kind of flying through it uh and we we just got through one of the episodes uh two of the characters are, are locked in a safe house for several months and one of them breaks down and watches all the nick cage action movies yes and then finds out at the end that there's actual like good oscar nominated version <laughs> movies about with nick cage and it's like what you didn't show me this like period drama of him it's like no we only watch the action movies
0: <laughs> yeah we didn't watch leaving las vegas we did yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it's only the rock on repeat and <laughs> yeah it's just oh or uh what's the con air um yeah so yeah it's uh, so good it is very good oh, brooklyn 99 so fun it is. Right, so it is. yeah sympathy for the devil Fantastic. that's my first one this week um I think it'll be not a lot of fun. I think it's going to be very intense and high tension for a lot of that movie.
1: All right. Well, let's get into some action that I think is going to be pretty fun. Uh, it's the mm-hmm. Twisted Metal series coming to Peacock. Uh, this should be out by the time you're listening to this. Uh, comes out July 27th, yep. 2023. I'm not super familiar with the Peacock originals. Do you know if they drop all at once or if it's going to be a week-to-week?
0: I think that all streaming services are probably redoing this because like Amazon used to drop all at once and now they're week to week. But they didn't start doing that until they got the grand tour. Apple's week to week. Um, Apple is week to week, but they came out after, after Amazon started doing originals. So it's just this, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I can't remember. I want to say they've been week to week for most of the time. um, I I did suffer through um, the lost symbol and uh, because I couldn't, you know, I have this habit of starting something and not finishing it or or, and finishing it when it's a movie or TV show. Is is that the one based on the Dan Brown book? Yeah. Did you read that Dan Brown book? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's real bad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, As someone who loved Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons, uh, don't don't read The Lost Symbol or Death Point. Is that the one that came out? That's like his first one
0: yeah he wrote a couple that weren't that aren't part of this deception Uh deception
1: point yeah Yeah. it doesn't have uh robert langdon in it right but if you if you've read da vinci code we're getting into books now not not tv shows (laughs) but uh if you've read any of the dan brown books uh deception point is is one of his earlier books and uh it's so obvious what the twist is because if you're used to reading his Uh style um he's he's pretty good about hiding the twists back and forth and his once he gets to his later work but uh yeah deception point he had not yet gotten the, <laughs> no. the knack of hiding the twists so yeah uh yeah anyway I think
0: this will be released one one a week maybe two to start off with and then okay. dropping down one that'd be my guess okay so it might not
1: all be out by the time you're listening to this uh, maybe maybe check it out but i'm i'm really excited about the the casting for it Uh, Anthony Mackie uh, and Stephanie Beatrice are the two main leads. It's also got Thomas Hayden Church and Will Arnett in it. Um, But uh, if you don't know who Stephanie Beatrice is, she is in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and she's also the voice of Mirabelle in... um, uh, Why am I blanking on my name? Um, Not Coco. Encanto. uh, Encanto, thank
0: you. She's also Uh, in... um, Daggum it. In in the Heights. Oh, yeah. Okay,
1: cool. Uh, And then, of course, Anthony Mackie, everyone knows as the Falcon. Um, So, yeah, this looks pretty fun. I saw one trailer, which was kind of like a clip, uh, and it was Anthony Mackie and um, what's the the clown? um, clown Oh, yeah. In Twisted Um, Metal. Yeah, I forget. Um, Yeah, so, and, and that was a pretty funny little interaction between them. Mm -hmm. one of the things i actually really liked about the twisted metal game is the storyline so all of these characters are sort of these broken people for one reason or another and all of them like if you win the twisted metal tournament you get a wish granted for you yeah and um a lot of them are uh (laughs) be careful what you wish for is sort of the theme of the twisted metal universe so uh, none of these wishes ever turn out the way that they want them to. Um, one guy wants to be um, uh, closer to his car, which is Axel wins like season two of Twisted Metal. And then season three is him trying to undo, just like all he wants to do is just undo his wish because he gets
0: welded yep. to his car and can't leave. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um and cool um, Church is in this, um, yeah. which, which I did not know. Um Folks would remember him from a lot of things. Um, Wings was his big career um, start, Um, but he's, we we bought a zoo and he's hilarious in that. Uh, Uh, Sandman in in uh, Spider-Man three, Spider-Man three sideways is probably my favorite thing that he's in. Yep. He's in Spanish as well. Um, So yeah, he's a, he's, he's really good. He's a, I think um, I haven't seen a bad performance from him. I've seen bad movies with him in it, but he wasn't the problem. I just saw this.
1: I, I have no context for it, but he's in the new Hellboy movie, which I have not seen.
0: And he plays a character named Lobster Johnson. Yes. Um, nice. I've seen that and I cannot picture when that happens. Okay, great. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, But yeah, uh, the, the series looks pretty interesting.
1: I'm curious to see what they do with the story if they try to make it more grounded. And I'm also curious like how much storyline will get for the other characters Mm -hmm. uh because part of the part of the fun of the twisted metal game was getting to play as different characters going through it and then getting to see their storylines kind of evolve as you as you played i think uh twisted metal three was the first one that i played uh and i think you actually had to explain to me what the plot was (laughs) up to yeah i'm like why characters were the way they were in three and then twisted metal black is probably the the last one that i played
0: yeah but yeah, yeah me and my buddies played this on repeat for a while it was just one of our one of our yeah. favorites
1: yeah and then you could turn on ghost missiles and yep. ammo and all that stuff and, and i remember beating specter by just like running through i think it was paris or vienna and you just hide behind buildings and just throw seeker missiles ghosted butt to them yep you can beat the level with ever seeing (laughs) him so uh yeah Yeah. fun fun stuff uh all right cool. what what else are you excited about
0: so i am excited for wonka um i think it's no secret here that i'm a timothy chalamet fan fan i actually just got my wife to watch dune Uh and i was very pleasantly surprised that she liked it great Um, so i think we've got a date night to see the sequel in november um but yeah, Wonka, I've, I've kind of always had this special place in my heart for this kind of storyline. Like, you know, like one of the reasons I love toys is because it just, I'm a child and the, the thought of toys talking, talking and interacting when we're not there, just really awesome. Um, and I love candy, <laughs> and the a movie, a, a documentary that's not at all a documentary about ch- chocolate just is like, that sounds awesome. <laughs> And so yeah. um, I've always enjoyed it. I enjoyed the musical aspects of the um, Gene Wilder original. I loved him in that. That's maybe my favorite Gene Wilder movie. Um, oh, I know guy, that that's tough. We, we will debate on that. Um, yeah. But I it's think such a good
1: performance. It and is. That, and it,
0: that movie is such a classic. Right. And I think what sets that one over the top for me is the, just the – like I saw it so young um, and was just like – mystified by this magicalness of it. Yeah. And, um, and so it's like the sentimentalness of it pushes that over as a Gene Wilder movie to me compared yeah. to some others that I think we'll talk about later that he's in. Um, so, uh, but yeah, this is, uh, based on the book. Um, it looks to me to be an origin story. Yeah. Um, and, um, which I think we fun, so we're not going to get Charlie, I don't believe. This is all Wonka getting set up, building his chocolate factory, starting his empire. Yeah. So I guess my hope is that this is a trilogy. Um, Mm, We'll see. And that we get this kind of origin, that we get the Charlie, and then we get... The Last Elevator? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe.
1: I think it'll depend on how well this does. Yeah. Talk about a movie that I had absolutely zero expectations for when it was announced. I'm like... Mm -hmm. I don't need this. I don't want to see. Right. I, I just want the Gene Wilder movie to exist. Just put it on a streaming service that I can watch. Yeah. And just leave it alone. Yeah. Um. But that being said, this trailer looks really good. Yeah. And the cast looks. Yeah. I was just good. about to
0: start talking about the cast. We've got Timothy yeah. Chalamet, Hugh Grant, Olivia Coleman, who we talked about in the last episode or the episode before, or maybe both. I can't remember. Probably both. Um, Sally Hawkins, uh, Keegan-Michael Key, uh, Matthew Baton, Matt Lucas, who's hilarious. He's currently one of the hosts of uh, The The Great British Bake Off. Um, Rowan Atkinson. (laughs) Um, Jim Carter, who was the head butler at Downton Abbey and has done other things as well. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just, my goodness, what what a fun cast to watch.
1: Yeah, you have three Oscar winners in the top four uh, cast members. Yep. And then additional talent after that. Uh, yeah. Also, what I just realized, Paul King is directing this. Yeah, Paul King has directed two of my favorite kids movies of all time, Paddington and Paddington 2. Just, yeah. He, he knows how to tug at the heartstrings, uh, be silly, be whimsical, all the things that I think this movie will need. Uh, I went from absolutely zero expectations for this. To super excited about this in like the, the span of a week.
0: Yeah, um, and yeah, um, I, I I'm I was excited from the get go of this just because I love Wonka stuff. But um, mm-hmm. and it's the producers as well or the production studio as same as Harry Potter, which okay, um, I, I freely admit I make no bones about it. I think that the Harry Potter movie series franchise is one of the worst franchises of movies. Um, it's, it's all. It is it's all over the place but when you take it talk about it as a collection we had four directors for seven eight movies and it just is yeah the best thing they did was hiring John Williams to do the soundtrack that's the best part of any of the movies um aside from the, Harry. A good soundtrack um, Harry is Daniel Radcliffe is the best Harry like no, yeah. no doubt about that he is the he is the embodiment of Harry um and even um like the main three I think acted well it's the storytelling around it that bugs me um okay so anyway not to get down that rabbit hole but it's the same production studio and they clearly don't mind throwing money at something um and yep. in- investing what they need to get it right um and I think that's evidenced in the trailer when you do see Hugh Grant um as Numpa Loompa, Numpa Loompa. Yeah. Uh, which is like in in the way they play on it like you see him do the dance from the original w- Wonka movie which I think is awesome like bending over and looking through his legs um things like that and he, and he once he's he once i start dancing i just can't stop i I, I gotta go to the end yeah <laughs> you know and it's a, <laughs> you hear the whistle oh it's just it's, there's so much good fun in it um so i'm very excited for for wonka yeah,
1: yeah. i i made Kendra watch the trailer because i'm like i need someone that's not just a super movie fan to watch right. this and tell me if this looks good yeah and she thought it looked good so i'm like i think any normal people will like this <laughs> so cool yeah all
0: right so there we go yeah. all right that's to get excited we've got uh has uh, got napoleon twisted metal and i've got wonka and sympathy for the devil um we're gonna move on now into McLean's reaction to the 2021 film tom and jerry McLean, let us know what you thought
1: Oh, this was really painful <laughs> i really really did not enjoy this movie i really? really tried to like put myself into the shoes of the people who would watch this and i can't i can't come up with a person who this movie is like for i feel like this is this is a movie that's trying to serve three or four different masters it's trying to be like a a four quadrant movie and then just just failing on all of them uh i it was hmm. so and and part of the problem is i don't really love the slapstick tom and jerry cartoons like i oh. that's just not my part of it, it's not really part of my childhood uh yeah, it's a lot of and i watched them though like back in the day you just didn't have options right as a kid right if you just had, turned on the tv there were like two channels that had cartoons on and every once in a while you were just gonna have to watch tom and jerry um but i feel like if you are a fan of those ones this didn't do anything new or original or different the jokes and stuff in it were the same jokes that i remember um from watching it as a kid like the you know he's holding him in his hand and when he opens it up jerry's holding his hands over something and pretending that he's got something and then he punches them it's like i you know that joke already that's not a new or different slapstick joke um I did think, I, I'm going to say some nice things about this movie. There are some things that I did appreciate and some some jokes that did land. But the for the most part, the human element of it, I think, just detracts from the Tom and Jerry-ness of it. And the okay. Tom and Jerry-ness of it just didn't hold my attention enough to want to get to the next human interaction. So I don't know, if you, if you have a small child and you want to watch something with them, I think there's a lot of better options out there that can do like toy story. We talked about toy story has some like innuendo jokes and stuff in it that are there for the adults, but the story is good enough that it holds your attention anyway. Yeah. Like it's got stuff that's there for the adults. It's got the, some slapstick stuff that's there for the kids and you can laugh at the same scene for two different reasons. uh, But it's also, it's a well enough told story that it's, it's enjoyable for both people sitting down and watching it. This one, I think the kids are going to enjoy the Tom and Jerry slapstick stuff. The adults are not going to enjoy it enough. And the kids are going to get bored during the human interaction moments because it's a lot of wordplay and innuendo that they're just not going to care about. So if you wanted to just entertain your kid with Tom and Jerry, I think you can go back to the stuff from the 70s, 80s, or 90s. There's a, there's a Tom and Jerry show in every decade. Yeah. Then you would let them watch that and it's a 30 minute episode that'll keep their attention long enough. Like I think I, I would have a problem even even if my kids were a little bit older and I wanted them watching something like this, uh, I think they would have a hard time keeping their attention in between the cartoon parts. You know what I mean?
0: I mean, I guess so. I mean, my kid was seven when he watched this and fell out of his seat laughing for the whole movie. Okay. It, he enjoyed it, even the parts where tom and jerry weren't in the
1: movie he goes and he back was, and
0: re-watches this all the time really loved it
1: I, I could just be i i mean maybe i'm just wrong maybe i have less faith in in kids hey, but
0: one of us is always right but and there, yeah. people are different and, and children are different and that's the reality and um you know i think that you know you you have a just in general you have a headier approach to movies than i do yeah uh, I think I have a simpler approach um and n- neither one is right or wrong or right or wrong, or they're just different approaches um It's easy for me to just shut the world off and not care and just be absorbed in and for other people, it's just more difficult. My wife is that way, yeah, um, and so I, yeah, I was checking I it. I
1: was checking my phone every like ten minutes of like how much is left of this how wow. much is left of this it was it was a lot um so things I do like, I really enjoyed the joke at the beginning where she tricks the other person that's there for the the job interview yeah. and she does the this job started with like mm-hmm. we're in the job interview already that joke is great yeah she she totally sells that i enjoy that scene a lot um i also really enjoyed uh uh, jo- uh colin yost is in this and mm-hmm. he has a he he's the owner of the dog spike yeah and he <laughs> has a line where he says i'm i'm really sorry he's just very animated mm-hmm. that joke fantastic those are my two favorite jokes of the of the movie everything else didn't didn't quite land very well sure. for me um but uh th- there are a couple good good punchlines uh, like that um i do think the uh uh um the soundtrack didn't really hit well for me but it it wasn't I think there there are people who would enjoy the the more hip hop soundtrack that that aren't me. Um, right. I really enjoyed that they committed that every single animal is animated. Yeah. It it made the world much more believable, as as yeah. silly as it was. Have that consistency. Um, to have that consistency to it, and um, like they really truly commit to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because even in like the fish market, the fish that everyone's eating. Those are c- cartoons. When yeah. they ha- go through the kitchen, the steaks are cartoons. The ham is cartoon. Like everything that was ever part of an animal at any point, uh, all of them are cartoons. So it 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 was a it was an interesting consistency. I liked it better than like uh, I think sometimes the uh, Scooby-Doo universe uh, as an alternative, right? Yeah. Um, Those are just they Scooby-Doo is this like animated dog, and then there's also just dogs in the movie.
0: Um, yeah
1: exactly yeah. like you think you think of like mickey mouse with with goofy and pluto like one's an animated standing up talking dog and another one is a dog why why do they both exist in the universe the way they do so yeah. i like that that consistency that everything was an animated animal and i thought that worked pretty well um michael pena has a couple good scenes um uh, but i think his character was kind of all over the place he he had an accent in some of the scenes and not in other scenes which was very odd i don't know if it was just was it a character choice that his character was nervous so he starts yes. speaking in like a almost italian accent i i don't know it was yeah it was a little distracting um i yeah i, I it just didn't quite get there for me i'm sorry
0: (laughs) no don't be it it, we you know we all um have uh different opinions you know it's no big deal it's not it's uh it's it's i think it's you know it's it's not meant to be serious in any way it's meant to just be kind of an escape and um some people's escapes are are different and that's not you know that's not something that sticks to just movies that applies to you know anything Um, yeah So some people escape by from work by coming home and doing work at home, like yard work and stuff like that, which is I don't understand. You know, I escape work by coming home and playing video games or watching a movie. You know, Um, so we're all just made differently. And um, good. So yeah, no harm feelings for not liking it. Um, But just as a reminder, so I think the I think the Rotten Tomatoes kind of bear out this uh, conversation a little bit. The critics are at a thirty percent yeah which really bugs me, um, and the audience is at eighty two
1: yeah, um and, and I think maybe they have the same problem that I did of hundred percent not yeah. understanding the audience this is meant for because i I really don't know who would, yeah, so this is this, was this really is meant for. this
0: is meant for families with with uh, kids that aren't super young but that aren't over ten. um yeah. and this is meant for kids that are in that transitionary age of you know learning to watch more mature stuff um and this is just meant to be an easy really what it is it's meant to be an easy outing to the movie theater where you yeah. can watch something you don't have to worry too much about what's what's in the content it's pretty safe it's tom and jerry you know what you're gonna get um you know you're gonna get some cheap laughs for your kids get them popcorn and you have an easy day off as parenting oh, yeah, yeah you know, that's the, what ultimately what it's for
1: sure i i was slightly bothered
0: by the fact that i i understand that it's tom
1: and jerry and i i I understand that the whole premise of their relationship is that it's a antagonistic, and they fight each other all the time. I was hoping for that like turn at some point where they become friends and we see a little bit of it.
0: yeah, and to, I and... kept
1: I kept waiting for it to really like, oh, here we're gonna work together and and save everything. But then by the end of the movie, they're fighting again. and i I get that that's that's just they have to just keep the.
0: The dynamic it's their, it's their brand yeah it's the, it's so on brand yeah but it just it just bothers me It'd be like uh, taking the nike swoosh and turning it upside down
1: yeah i well yeah i just wanted a wholesome message at the end of the day i love paddington i just want more paddington movies I, well i, I think like that i don't know this DC isn't and charming and, and i would call that we should, we should get along more
0: i would definitely but, call this wholesome I wouldn't call it unwholesome and I'd call it a more realistic wholesome than Paddington. Um, because it doesn't have that perfect ending that doesn't exist in real life. I guess that's true. Like, so, um, we all have relationships that come and go in our lives that, um, can cause us strife and we push through them. then we have some that cause strife and we don't have to push through them. And then we have, you know, just it, people can get along for periods and then it can kind of go to crap again you know, yeah. and get back together again. So, I mean, digging into that, yeah, but I think like you said, like like I don't know that like Toy Story is the most wholesome. Um, you know, 75% of that movie is uh Woody making fun of Buzz and calling him wrong and calling him dumb. Yeah. You know what well, I mean? Have you,
1: have you seen the original like first cut of Toy Story where Woody is just mean? Like all yeah. awful, awful mean. And I think they have a it's a tough it's a tough line to balance of how you make a character that is obviously like jealous and upset, but not unlikable. And I I think Toy Story does that. uh, But it is it is tough, uh, especially when you have characters that don't talk. Um, I will say the the third act has a really great chase scene where they set up early in the movie. They set up a, a skateboard with Wi-Fi that comes back into play and a like military drone that comes into play and both of them get used very effectively uh and i think you know uh, throwing out any sort of like plot holes of of how how the communications are happening but the the action is actually really interesting and fun to watch that was probably my favorite straight up tom and jerry moment sure them working together on the skateboard and the uh using the drone to to get the the car to turn around and get get them back to the wedding so yeah i like that a lot
0: what did you um um, how did you so we talked about the consistency of having all the animate all the animals all the animated animals all the animals animated uh how did you feel about the the technology of pulling that off how did it look to you
1: it didn't look bad, but it's never looked better than Roger Rabbit, and I think it's just a t- uh, a time thing, and uh, hmm. there, there's there's minimal interaction between the characters. Yeah, um, they kind of play in their own space a lot of the time.
0: Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah.
1: Sometimes Chloe Grace Moretz will high five Tom, um, and Michael Pena is doing his his absolute best, like pantomime of being pulled by spike the dog um but it's just it's never looked better than bob hoskins and, and roger rabbit and that's just sort of because i think it's easier now and they just don't think about it as much like it looks better than space jam but not as good as roger rabbit does that
0: does that make sense that makes sense um but this is where we are gonna get to one of us is always right I would say the gold standard is bed knobs and broomsticks. Trying to think oh, bed knobs and broomsticks is pretty good with the animated, the the soccer, scene. the soccer the under the sea. Um, yeah. Um, I think that that was, uh, and even, um, uh, Mary Poppins. Yeah. Uh, I think when all said and done, the technology available at the time, um, like, who frame Roger Rabbit didn't really create technology to do what they did. Disney was creating technology to do what all those everybody's done since. Um yeah. so for me, those are the best um combo animation live action uh movies. But Who Frame Roger Rabbit is the is the third, without a doubt. Um
1: I think the the difference to me is uh is how close of an interaction there was because with the uh, and I, I I totally agree with you. Bedknobs and Broomsticks and um, Mary Poppins are amazing, but there's a lot of space in between um, Dick Van Dyke and the Penguins. There's, there's just no space when, when uh, Bob Hoskins is handcuffed to Roger, like they're, they're so close together and they're doing some really interesting stuff to uh, keep the uh, like they're handing objects, like real objects back and forth. Right. Uh, between the the weasels and Bob Hoskins and all sorts of stuff. Like there's a lot of really inventive things they had to do. And it's Disney as well. Like all three I was, of them. I was, say, I was just thinking that it, it Disney. is Disney as well. So they, they were using their it, old it's technology. It's confusing because think, there are yeah. Warner Brothers characters in Roger Rabbit. But yeah, that was uh, paid for that. <laughs> no, they didn't. So they had a gentleman's agreement. It's actually a really interesting story where when, uh, when Warner Brothers was doing Space Jam, they went back to Disney, but it was a different, leadership and they're like hey we let you use our warner brothers characters for roger rabbit years Mm -hmm. and years ago can we use mickey mouse to be the ref for space jam and they're like no yeah i would never say yes to that (laughs) but that was that was going to be the joke in space jam is because mickey mouse doesn't care if the Warner brothers characters go to right yeah mountain or wherever um the yeah so it was gonna that was the original plan for the uh 90s space jam movie with michael jordan was uh yeah yeah uh, mickey mouse was going to be in it so um yeah i think been unfortunate uh i think there was there was some good stuff in it um but nothing crazy new and uh the just didn't quite hit me on the right the right way so um no that's fair i I,
0: I did try no no worries
1: all right, uh, do you have anything else you want to say, Tom and Jerry wise?
0: No, I just think it's a, you know it's, it's a simple movie. Um, you know if you do ch- do decide to watch it it's it's about unplugging your head and just turning turning your thoughts off and letting a dumb action be a laugh.
1: yeah, I think if you are a fan of the Tom and Jerry cartoon mm-hmm. um, and kind of want a refresher for that, uh, the moments in it are sort of a best of
0: jokes from from old yeah, Tom and Jerry which cartoons. every episode of Tom and Jerry ever is uh, yeah this is this is a a more money produced super long episode
1: yeah I think that's that's probably a good one all right cool uh that'll get us into my recommendations for this week uh so I want to try to go a little bit uh uh the opposite <laughs> um of Tom and Jerry I have two I think they're both R-rated okay. uh let me double check. Yeah, that one's R for sure. And this one, yeah, okay. Uh, I decided to pick one of my favorite actors and do a theme based on, on him. So uh, I am a huge fan of J.K. Simmons, uh, not just from the Spider-Man movies, not just from Juno, but kind of all over his, his uh, resume. And so I have two fantastic uh, J.K. Simmons movies. Uh, The first one kind of ties into something we talked about previously, which was Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And this is a uh, romantic comedy um, starring uh, Andy Samberg and Kristen Mulati, who you probably know as the actual mom in How I Met Your Mother. Um, But she's done a bunch of other stuff as well. And this is a straight-to-streaming comedy uh, from 2020 called Palm Springs. So... When I say this is one of my favorite Groundhog Day movies, it might even be better than Groundhog Day at doing its Groundhog Day stuff. It, it's pretty, pretty strong recommendation. Uh, the, the synopsis for this is very short. It's stuck in a time loop, two wedding guests develop a budding romance while living the same day over and over again. And it's, it's actually, uh, it's very funny. It's got some very sweet moments to it as well. And it's just, it, I like the fact that there's more than one person stuck in this time loop. So yeah. there's a lot more like play that they can kind of do together uh, and sort of silly stuff. And and Andy Sandberg's character has been stuck in the time loop for a while. And he's kind of talking uh, Christy Malati's character through like what's going to happen how he's tried to get out of it and how it right. hasn't worked and they sort of accept their life in there for a while until until they don't anymore um so this is a I um i have a, a review here from donald cloak from irish times a philosophical comedy that is not afraid to aim the odd joke below the belt or as resolution looms uh to give in to the sentimentality so uh really cool it it goes places you wouldn't expect it to go. It does some really interesting things. I don't think uh, it's a it's a it's a premise that we've seen before, played out in a different scenario with a uh, unexpected ending. I think it, it hits all sort all the boxes. It's got a 94% tomato meter. It's got an 89% audience score. I think if the pandemic hadn't happened, this would have been something that might have gone to to theaters and done relatively well. It doesn't have like a crazy high budget. Uh, it ended up getting bought out by Hulu and going straight to streaming. So it is available to watch on Hulu streaming, it's not available anywhere else. So don't try sure. to yeah. rent it on, on Amazon or Apple. It's, you you got to get Hulu to get this one. So, okay. But yeah. Uh, okay, I think cool. it's worth it. Uh, any questions? No. Um, did
0: Andy? Are you a fan? Are, are you, you a fan of Andy this? Sandberg's stuff other than Brooklyn Nine Nine? He's hit or miss for me. Yeah. What um, are the hits? The hits is Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um, what's his stuntman one? Uh, uh, hot Rod. Yeah, that's a near hit. Um, but like all of his SNL stuff, not a huge yeah. fan. Um, uh, Dick in a Box, not a fan. No. Okay. Uh the Mother's Day one, not a fan. No. So <laughs> just you know, I think um, he's I think I think he's a good actor and not a great writer. Okay.
1: Have you seen um Pop Star, Never Stop, Never Stopping? Uh no, and there's a reason for that. <laughs> uh, I am a big fan of that. I actually went back and rewatched Hot Rod, uh mm-hmm. thinking like, oh, I can do a an uh, an Andy Sandberg double recommendation. Right. Hot Rod does not hold up. It's it's bad it's a bad movie i i could not in good conscience, bring it to recommendations for people all right Um, i remember kind of liking it at the time not not loving it but but liking it and i there's a lot of great clips from that movie but as a whole it doesn't it doesn't hold
0: well (laughs) i mean it holds i think it holds like i don't think there's any 18 to 20 or 20 year olds that will not find it funny yeah and so it's, it's a it's a generational movie in the sense that it's always got a generation coming into that age that wants to watch a movie like that like you know it's it's such a weird um it's not meant for people in their 40s or approaching their 40s
1: yeah i guess that that's definitely true um it's a movie that has great parts and i think it holds up well as youtube clips um and stunt scenes for there, sure. There, like the stunt. Yeah, stunt some it are killer really, jokes really in too.
0: Cool beans is hilarious. Yeah.
1: But it's not it doesn't have uh the sum of it is not equal to all the parts put together. Um and yeah, I, I think as a whole, it doesn't it doesn't work as a full movie.
0: But yeah, but I I get again. I think
1: Palm Springs is better than the sum of its parts and okay. has a lot of great individual elements to it and as a full movie it adds on it so um i All think right. this is uh if you are i i you probably have not seen happy death day but for those out there listening um if you're a fan of like the time loop genre as a whole i think this holds up with groundhog day happy death day um uh edge of tomorrow live die repeat um, whatever you want to call it, it yeah just <laughs> uh just definitely <laughs> holds up with the rest of the stuff in the genre and and I think it also sort of adds more to it um so there's some really cool stuff uh, in yeah. it but yeah um so that's one that's a comedy all right uh it is R rated there's some some nude stuff it's only an hour and 30 minutes which is kind of surprising how much stuff they're able to get into that hour and 30 um the next one is a little bit longer, Hour and 46 Minutes. This is, if you are a fan of J.K. Simmons, you kind of have to watch this movie because he is so good in it. I think he won the Academy Awards for this one. Um, and uh, it is a 94% tomato meter. So it's same same critically acclaimed tomato meter. It's got an even higher audience score of 94%. Yeah. And that is a Whiplash from uh, 2014. So this is a musical drama. Uh, it's also available on Hulu, um, but this one you can rent or buy on Apple TV or Prime Video. So this is, and I did double check, it is it is streaming on just regular Hulu. You don't need to have a premium subscription or another added uh, added thing to it. So uh, it's got Miles Teller, who you'd know from Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, uh, is his most recent thing. He's, He's also a great been in some movie really of
0: Fantastic Four. Bad. <laughs> oh uh sarcasm he's
1: also he's also in the divergent series like mm-hmm. he's been in some pretty miss movies for me um mm-hmm. uh, but he's also like really good in this uh this is this is the movie that people saw it and then they're like oh this fantastic four movie is gonna be great because miles teller's in it and then it's like well, uh what what happened um so uh he's very good in this this uh The movie info is uh, Andrew Neiman, Miles Teller, is an ambitious young jazz drummer in pursuit of rising to the top of his elite music uh, conservatory. Terrence Fletcher, J.K. Simmons, an instructor known for his terrifying teaching methods, discovers Andrew and transfers the aspiring drummer into the top jazz ensemble, forever changing the young man's life. But Andrew's passion to achieve perfection quickly spirals into obsession as his ruthless teacher pushes him to the brink of his ability and his sanity. So there's a lot of discussions that this movie brings up about like, can you be a happy artist? Like, can you, can you achieve anything in life that's difficult without uh, like, uh, strive and um, adversity? Like, can people just succeed happily? And this movie makes the claim that no, you can't. You have to have suffering to create art. And uh it's a very interesting, uh, interesting perspective on it. Um, J.K. Simmons puts in an amazing, amazing performance, uh, lots of memes generated by it. But in in the movie, it's it's done extremely well. Uh, and they have a great sort of back and forth relationship between the two. Um uh, this is a, a review from Jason Bailey of uh, Flavor Wire. Uh, it's a thorny thoughtful movie that asks provocative questions and isn't cocky enough to boast of knowing the answers uh, so that's a it's actually a more re- recent review from 2016 but uh, yeah it's it's great it's uh, it's a hard watch it's not fun <laughs> yeah but it's it's interesting and it's captivating and you'll want to it'll be impossible to, to like look away it's it's kind of uh uh yeah just engaging um so okay. th- this is sort of this is the more oscar Beatty of the two um and then palm springs is sort of the more fun option yeah um but yeah i think the 94 percent tomato meter on both of them they they're both masters of what they're trying to do like all right it's just a matter of how you feel and what you, what you want to get into.
0: Yeah. So, uh, easy choice. Cause I won't watch whiplash. Um, okay. so we're do Palm strings, a uh, lot okay. of people are not watching is. that. There's, there's no reality in whiplash of, of that, like abusiveness in music. And I've been in the deep darks of the, of the music world. And that just doesn't exist. Okay. Um, I've studied with the best that they're, that they're doing and, never ever 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 heard of anything close to that and that really kind of pisses me off and i wholeheartedly agree that you don't need suffering to make beauty and so just, yeah this is not a question i'm interested in visiting because it's just I, it that is that's a it's a defeatist way of looking at the world and sure. is it suffering if you choose to go into it like you know what i mean like that's just if you choose to put yourself in a position to have suffering in order to make something great um, yeah and is like are they just like or are they just kind of sugarcoating it or not sugarcoating it, but calling hard work suffering greatness doesn't happen without hard work but hard work isn't suffering Hard yeah. work it's just hard work you know and so like i just i don't i i know it's got i know it had a ton of buzz had a ton of oscar stuff um i just i've just i would never been interested in watching it although i do love jk simmons i just the storyline of it just doesn't do anything for me Okay, Uh, I'd much rather. I I wasn't
1: sure if it would be a trigger for you because, because I know that you know a lot more about music and the music industry than I do. Yeah. So, um, but no, I I am perfectly fine watching Palm
0: Springs. I think it'll be uh, a lot of fun to discuss. Cool. Yeah. Interested to see. I'm interested to see if if your claim of better than Groundhog Day holds up because it's debatable. To say say something is better than something starring Bill Murray is always a challenge to me. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like. Groundhog Day is really well written, written not written, <laughs> but exceedingly well acted in Bill Murray and Andy McDowell and the goofball. Yes. I can't ever remember that actor's name, but yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: J.K. Simmons is playing uh, sort of third, third fiddle in this. Um, but
0: is he stuck in the loop is, too, or do I not need to, need to know?
1: Uh, you will find out okay. uh, as as you get into it, but he's a very pivotal character um, to the sort of the heart of the film okay so
0: yeah uh, he's, he's listed 3rd really i'd expect him to be up there yeah he's very good cool so um yeah
1: uh we're gonna be watching palm springs it's very funny uh get ready to laugh and uh uh it's gonna be on hulu so uh yeah i'm excited uh what's next
0: what is next um what is next is our blast from the past so the next is going backwards to the To the past. Um, fun stuff there. We are gonna talk 1974. Um, usually McLean is our theme generator. Um and I'm not sure. Um so I have a reason for this. So
1: Hanna Barbera released Tom and Jerry in the forties, uh 40 1940 to 58 was sort of the Hanna Barbera's original 114 episodes that included Tom and Jerry. The first Tom and Jerry show though. Happened in 1975 and we've already done that year. So we're doing 1974.
0: There we go. There it is. <laughs> um, I, I followed that completely. Um, yeah. So let's, uh, so 1974. Um, I'm super excited. We talked about this a little bit at the top that um, I would call this an up and down year for movies. Um, the down, I, I, it, to me, it's kind of an extremist year. The ups are really good. Uh, yeah. and the downs are kind of really bad and there's not a whole lot in the middle that is just like, um, just entertaining without being grand or awful. Yeah. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. that's kind of how I found it. Um, so I'm interested on your take. Uh, let's see, uh, what's, what's your first one? 1974 blast from the past. Bring it on. All
1: right. If there is a middling movie, uh, it might be this one. This movie is very good it is not perfect uh but it is not the longest yard mm. so this is a fantastic burt reynolds performance the movie itself is very 70s it's got some uh <laughs> non-feminist uh views towards women for sure uh but it's it's a lot of fun it's got a great car chase at the beginning it's a football movie you know i love a sports movie of any kind uh and this is this is one of the one of the greats. Uh, so it's an ex-football star doing time is forced by the warden to organize a team of inmates to play against the uh, one the, their own lineup of guards. The warden tries to blackmail him into throwing the game, but the convicts have their own ideas and see the game as an opportunity to repay some of the brutality they have endured. So uh, he's he's trying to create this football team and the main pitch for it is like you can beat up the guards. <laughs> And so people are like, "Oh yeah, sure, we'll do this." So it's a very, a very brutal uh, football movie, full, full contact all the way. Um, there is a remake of this that came out in the '90s with Adam Sandler, yep, and Chris Rock. It is not nearly as good, but the comedy is probably a little bit less yeah.
0: dated. Two thousand five. 2005. Sorry,
1: yeah. everything for me, Adam Sandler happened in the nineties.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it was his big <laughs> boom. It's hard not That's, to think that way.
1: I think, ever think of everything in the nineties, but you're right. 2005. Um, it's still fine. It's, uh, but I think Burt Reynolds brings a really great uh, quarterback feel to the character, and he just just does not care at all about the situation. There's another remake of this uh, called Mean Machine um which uh is about soccer or you know english football uh which is probably my favorite of the three um but yeah they're all they're all very good um but yeah this
0: is uh i think this is one of dad's favorite movies i definitely yeah, watched it with I, him. i think so too yeah i watched it with him a couple times yeah
1: um and i remember he had to sort of explain like who burt reynolds was and how uh <laughs> like the reason why he was just like this sort of sex symbol at the beginning of the movie. And going back to my, uh, my normal roots, uh, this is available to watch um, on Paramount plus subscription or prime video subscription. So if you have either of those, you can stream this right now. It's uh it's two hours long. It's a, it's a little bit longer. Um, uh, it's a little more plotting because it's, it's one of those older movies where they just sort of show everything, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's got some yeah. great, great lines, great, great uh, moments, and I really enjoy the, the car chase at the beginning of the movie is probably my favorite. Yeah,
0: but it really draws you in, I think. Um, and is uh it's 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 definitely. I mean, it, it says comedy than drama. I would flip that. And when I watch this, I it definitely feels more like a drama that has comedy interspersed in it. Yeah,
1: um, there's some dark, dark moments in this for sure. Yeah. And Uh, and the the,
0: Sandler one, I think, is the opposite, where it's a comedy that has some drama interspersed. So, yes,
1: 100% agree. Yeah.
0: So, Um,
1: um, yeah. What's your recommendation for this year? uh,
0: So I'm going to go with another. I'm kind of going to go with you and stick with something that's more off the beaten path. Um, And it's a a movie that I grew up watching several times again, watching this whole series, actually. And I'm surprised earlier when we kind of talked about it, you said you hadn't seen it, which is surprising to me um because it's on in our house all the time from a young age Um, and it's Herbie rides again um so Herbie is ocho cinco or is ocho um because five plus three is ocho and the this is a race car of a volkswagen beetle and the racing number is 53 and so this one little kid calls it ocho um which is just hilarious uh but it's um i mean it's an hour and 28 minutes of silliness and this car that kind of is alive um but also kind of isn't um and to deviate from my roots you can stream this now on disney plus um so there's that but a review on this uh kids will love this gentle slapstick love bug that's the other nickname for herbie is love bug Uh, yeah
1: i I was aware of like the herbie uh brand mm -hmm. and the, the concept of it but I just don't think I've ever sat and watched
0: a full Herbie movie. They're um, um, nutty professor Esque. Yeah. So they're kind of in that, that kind of genre or freaky Friday, things like that. Um, not a whole lot going on as far as depth, but a lot of fun, good slapstick. Um, you know, the car is, like I said, it's uh, the car is kind of, kind of alive, kind of yeah. not like it's, it chooses when it's like Knight Rider, but with an, less attitude maybe I, I don't know it's um I don't know. it's just a fun movie that you know i saw that one oh yeah i remember watching that we watched Herbie rides again um the love bug all those things and yeah, so, it's
1: it's bumblebee if he never transformed into a robot it's just him yeah kind of sort of yeah opening doors and hitting people and, yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah. Um, well, you can yeah. maybe say that herbie had something to do with the inspiration for um i think it's certainly nice. one of the reasons why uh bumblebee
1: is a volkswagen deal in the comics and cartoon yep. is, is because of herbie yep.
0: or sir so anyway yeah i mean a simple movie on rotten tomatoes it's a uh, 83 critics and a 53 audience um That's interesting I'm yeah surprised the audience is that low it's because children aren't allowed to <laughs> or people aren't allowing their children to to do it yeah it's, it's strange okay cool all
1: right. Well, let's get into the heavy stuff now. Uh, this is has got to be in my top three of favorite movies of all time. is from this year, and that is the perfect movie of Young Frankenstein. How Mel Brooks's um, uh, just I think it's his masterpiece. I, we 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 had this discussion before on whether or not this yep. is better than Blazing Saddles. I think that which Legend came out in the has, same year. The, yeah the exact same year so it, it was a busy we could have been talking middle. about that but but no uh this is just so good um I think that there maybe is like two or three moments in Blazing Saddles that that could get caught cut this movie is perfect uh the every joke lands it's amazingly well cast Gene Wilder is amazing Peter Boyle um uh Cloris Leachman uh Marty Feldman uh, Madeline Kahn and Terry Garr, just amazing. Uh, I recommend if uh if you have this on DVD, watch the Mel Brooks commentary that goes along with it. He has a perfect memory. And he will tell you every single person who worked on the cast, including everybody who worked on catering, and he just remembers everything. He, he's the 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 commentary wasn't made until um Probably the the late two thousands, and he just remembered everything from nineteen seventy four. Everybody who he worked with, every single like day on set, he just remembered, and it's crazy. It's very entertaining, uh, very well done. Um, I love the the jokes in this. The putting on the Ritz. This is actually for as famous as putting on the Ritz is in in classic movies, and it's mm-hmm. not that it's in like all these things. This is actually only one of like three movies that has a tap dancing number to putting on the ritz right um and i think it's extremely extremely well done uh and i i'm i'm laughing to myself as i'm remembering like the parts of the movie and uh this is this is the movie that's responsible for anytime someone says walk this way you just mimic how they're walking (laughs) um and i love the like um you know very dead freshly dead not quite dead right all, all those jokes are perfect uh this is this is one that i go back and rewatch uh fairly often at least once a year um and it's it's a lot of fun again uh this one is streaming right now you can just go watch it on hbo max yeah uh, so if you watched tom and jerry you have the same streaming service this is this is ready to go so
0: yeah um
1: perfect perfect movie
0: yeah yeah blazing saddles is a more perfect movie <laughs> but that's why one of us is always right um yeah but 1974 I, I i see where people come from on young frankenstein it just doesn't do it for me like blazing saddles does yeah. um, i think more so because uh for me blazing saddles is just it's a commentary on our society that's still kind of appropriate yeah uh, it hasn't really changed a lot and that's really sad um which yeah so uh, just so you know blazing saddles is as an aside is on prime video so you can watch both this week and send us an email at one of us is always right at gmail.com and let us know which one is the more perfect gene wilder or more perfect mel brooks or more perfect movie altogether um, yeah so there you go um all right so uh, young frankenstein very good um hilarious Gene Wilder gives hundred and eight thousand percent in it, no doubt. Um yeah. but so my other one, um so you say young Frankenstein's perfect. I right. respect you. Um is not nearly as perfect as Godfather 2, um, uh, which came out in nineteen seventy four. And it is Pacino. Uh, De Niro have never made a movie as good as this. Um, again, um, they've come really close. They're both fantastic. Um, but this is, um, I mean, I, I, I struggle to think of a better put together movie that tells the story that is as deep as it is, that is as, um, draws you in as, it, as much as this, I, I can't think of another movie. This is, um, in my top two or three, um, and Godfather, the part one is in my top five. <laughs> um, you don't have to love mobster movies or mafia movies to love this movie. Um, okay. It's, it's telling, it tells two time, two timelines. So Godfather one, um, is Marlon Brando and he, uh, uh, he's the Godfather at that point And it's about the transition from him to one of his sons. And at the end of the movie, his son, Michael takes over. Um, Godfather Two tells two stories. It tells the story of Michael from that moment to wherever it takes him, um, and the movie decides to stop. Um, But it also, it's an origin story for Vito. So it shows Vito in Sicily, having to escape the mafia there, the Costa Nostra, and comes into New York, and starving as a little kid, getting shot, or getting a job at a, at a local market, you know, just as a grocery, grocery boy. Um, and then stumbling into his, uh, his buddies, um, uh, um, I can't think of her names. Um, oh my goodness. It's going to drive me crazy. Um, Clemenza, um, yeah. and, and getting started with them and they kind of figure things out and, and create their own little empire. And so it's just, it is the perfect
1: movie okay uh, like we, we talked a little bit about this before the podcast started and i revealed to Adam my dirty secret that i have not seen the godfather part two and Which... i i did tell you i had a reason and i'll t- tell you this reason I'm, now i'm
0: very curious about this
1: so i did not watch the godfather until very late okay and when i watched it i thought it was hilarious because i saw all of the references From family guy the simpsons anything like that has any anything in pop culture yeah references the godfather and so i could not take it seriously because it just it just reminded me of all these funny moments like you're supposed to feel this like dread seeing this horse head in someone's bed and to me that was just one of the funniest things ever because i'm like oh i get it now that's that's why they do that in this episode of the simpsons or whatever um so for me it was really hard to take it seriously sure and it just didn't hit me the way that it should have if i had seen it without all those other references and all that baggage to it and then it just it just never really propelled me into watching part two um i could do this if, if you want i i'm willing to watch uh, do I need to watch the first one again if I want to jump into this? Or
0: um, no, they they, they they kind of stand alone stand stand up on their own. Now okay. this is a three hour twenty minute movie. This is I know. Like <laughs> the definition of an Adam movie, right? Um, and yeah. so I fully acknowledge that. What you need to know is that the original Godfather for the pr- sense of this story was Vito Corleone, or yeah. Vito Corleone. Um, he dies at the end of Godfather One, and Michael yeah. becomes a new Godfather. Yeah, it's a big
1: right? dramatic moment. He, yeah, uh, of seeing michael who's the innocent one of the family
0: having Mm -hmm. to step into this role as Barry and you know he was supposed to be a lawyer and then a senator and whatever yeah Vito had four kids he had sonny who's the oldest he had fredo who's the second oldest then he had um connie who's the daughter and then he had michael who's the youngest um and sonny dies in the first one fredo gets passed over for michael and connie is is a woman and can't be the godfather so that's really kind of all you need to to operate in um, Godfather Part Two. Um, okay, solidify. I will
1: watch Godfather Part Two this week. Okay, fill that media hole that I have, and we can have a short discussion
0: about yeah, it, it next week. It's I'm telling like, oh man, it's like I just I can't think of a more that I can't think of a better put together movie like this okay. is. Thing the Irishman tried to be, but didn't quite achieve. Yeah. Does that makes sense. I wish that movie was
1: good. Uh, yeah. I think that movie would have been really good if it was made 30 years ago.
0: 30 years ago. It would have been good, this, good made today, if it was an hour shorter. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, but Cast differently. But yeah. Gino, you know, in this, I mean, this is one of those, like, every now and then you watch a film and you come out of it. Like, for me, it's Killian Murphy in. Um, in peaky blinders yeah when i watch that i go how the crap did they film him from that time and put it into the show because it looks like 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 the, there's the wall of the actor and the character is gone yeah they just kind of become one um that's that happens i think several times or to several actors in the godfather Part Two. okay uh, so that's when all right it's just fantastic anywho Come on um there you go godfather part two um what's uh so you had long shard young frankenstein you have another one no that, that's it i'm gonna do one quick honorable mention just because it's a little bit of trivia from our hometown um so texas chainsaw massacre the original came out in 1974 and this was filmed in and around central texas which is where we grew up and in fact um i looked this up before saying this because i want to be at, there was a urban legend a long time ago in round rock that um there was this house that just sat on this hill and out in the middle of nowhere uh, on the South side of town, before you got to Pflugerville, before everything was built up. And, um, that was the house where the Texas chainsaw massacre either happened or was filmed. That was always the urban legend. You heard one of those two things. turns out that was the house that was filmed. The house then got picked up and moved. And now we have a huge shopping center there. <laughs> um, and it's, it's hilarious, but it was just, it's one of those movies that before, um, central texas became sort of like in the 90s it was this hotbed for movie production um yeah varsity blues phenomenon michael all these things um we had texas chainsaw massacre back in this in the 70s and so i just think that that's kind of cool kind of hilarious um and just i can't every time i think of that movie i think of that little house that we were all too scared to go it was like it was that you know that trope of you dare your buddy to go walk up to the door or whatever Um, yeah and so, anyway, there you go. Um, that was your quick little aside from little nugget for Round Rock in 1974. Um, yeah, any final thoughts? Have, have you seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Is it one of the actual horror movies that you've seen? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen this. I've seen the original. I've seen the the remake of the original, and I think there's one like Texas Chainsaw 2000 or something like that. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, these are, you know – there's different types of horror movies, which I really kind of like. We've reached a point where we need better um, genre delineate, yeah. ever, um, because you, just saying horror doesn't like. There are some that I like that people consider horror, but I just consider suspense thriller. You know, um, so when I say I don't like horror, I don't like slasher. Yeah, um, I don't Is like. It's not a slasher. I mean, th- th- this kind of is, but it's the 70s, so it's not really. Like, it's not okay. at today's standards. Yeah, um, okay. Um, but like Saw, I just don't have, I have no interest in watching Saw. Okay. Like, things like that. So anyway, um, there you go. The first Saw is good.
1: Um, I want to congratulate us, though. We All five of our Blast in the Past recommendations are streaming right now. Uh, you can even watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre on Peacock for free. Uh, Godfather Part 2, we didn't call it out. Uh, but it's on peacock it's also on paramount plus so, so yeah,
0: uh, yeah and uh sometimes you can catch godfather part two um in theaters if you've got like a draft house or a cinema mm-hmm. that's kind of the style of draft house this is a movie that will frequently kind of pop up um yeah, so yeah. anywho um there you go uh we've we've come to the end of another episode. We started this episode with our Get Excited where McLean wants to see or is excited about Napoleon um, coming out in theaters in November and Twisted Metal coming out very soon. Maybe the first episode's out by the time you're listening to this um, on Peacock. I'm excited for Wonka, starring t- starting Timothy Chalamet, which comes out later this year, and Sympathy for the Devil, which will be also out by the time you listen to this episode. We got into McLean's review uh, or reaction to Tom and Jerry. Uh, he was not a fan um, and would not really recommend this uh, to anybody. Um, and uh, I'm a little broader. I would say if you... Your parents, you've got young children, and you just need to kill an hour and a half and not worry about something. This is something you can throw on, and they'll be entertained, and you don't have to worry. Um, but that's about the level of quality it is. Um, then McLean brought his uh, recommendations to me to choose from. Uh, he brought uh, Whiplash. Um, his theme was J.K. Simmons, so Whiplash, and then a, a movie called Palm Springs with uh, Adam Andy Sandberg in it. And I chose uh, Palm Springs, so which is a um, Groundhog Day time loop movie. Uh, comedy yeah um, rom-com so yep very excited for that. That's what we're going to be watching, Palm Springs. And then we finished up with our little blast from the past in 1974. Uh, McLean picked out The Longest Yard, which is a, a good movie. Doesn't quite, um, you just got to bear in mind when it was made, when you watch it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, it's from the seventies. It, it feels like it's from the seventies.
0: It's like watching Dirty Hair. You got, you know, you just got yeah. what you're watching and when it was made. Um, and then also Young Frankenstein, which uh, he says is a perfect movie and it's in his top, I think. Probably three. I think having uh, to my top three. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, we've talked about it. I mean, over the decades, many times. Um, yep. So uh, I brought out Herbie rides again, um, just because it's silly and it gave me fond childhood memories. Uh, we talked very briefly about chainsaw massacre because it was filmed in our hometown. And then we got onto what I consider the perfect movie Godfather part two. Um, so there you go. That's what we've done this week. We've enjoyed your time. I hope you've enjoyed our time. We look forward to hearing from you. Speaking of, let us know if you've got recommendations. Um, if you've got something that we just uh, blew the review of, um, let us know. One of us is always right at gmail.com. We would love to do the, another fan episode coming up. Um, I find them awesome and hilarious and fun. Um, so we we just need recommendations. So let us know. One of us is always right at gmail.com. Uh, McLean, final chance. Thoughts? No. I'm huh? excited. i excited. Well, I think it's going to be a good week. McLean is committed to fulfilling his whole Godfather 2, and I'm going to be watching Palm Springs. So uh, there we go. We look forward to uh, talking with you guys next time. We hope you have a great couple weeks. Bye, Bye, everybody.